0: Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry.
1: There are only two pure kickers out of 330 odd members and, uh, and uh, you know Morton deserved to be in there absolutely he was awesome John was awesome I think I deserve to be there
0: too. and Dallas Cowboys three-time Super Bowl champ Chad Henning it's those little decisions that
2: you make along the way that determine you know the path that you take in life your identity who you are and do you own up to that identity and, it, and it's a choice Now, here's
0: the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III.
3: Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Great to have you in. And, of course, I've got a, well, I consider this guy a regular on my show over the last 10 years because he's one of the most interesting former NFL football players you'll ever talk to. Uh, When he retired, he's the most accurate kicker in NFL history. And uh, my friend is up for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This year for the 100th anniversary of the NFL, former Kansas City Chief and Chief Hall of Fame kicker, Nick Lowry's with us. Nick, how are you?
1: I am great, Roman. How are you, brother?
3: Hey, just awesome. I tell you, you and I saw each other last, let's see, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that's right. Is that good luck? We did. Well, that's got to be pretty good luck then. I'm hope I'm hoping that you, I'm hoping this is going to be the charm for you this year. What a great honor that would be to be in for the hundredth year.
1: It really would be. Um, you know, it's really hard for kickers. Uh, there are only two pure kickers out of 330 odd uh, members, and uh, and I respect those guys. I did happen to beat out Young and break his record tonight. I did happen to head to head have a uh, better. Uh, record outdoors than Morton Anderson did indoors, and uh, you know Morton deserves to be in there. Absolutely, he was awesome. Jan was awesome. I think I deserve to be there too.
3: Was 2007 the first time that you got uh you got nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame?
1: I guess I don't know. I try not did... to think about it too much. I do have Lee Steinberg on my side now, which is great. Yeah, and but, yeah. Uh, there's. There's more receptivity than there
3: was, so that's good. So so they're saying you think you got a decent chance this time?
1: I don't know if decent is the right word, but I got more of a chance than I did.
3: Okay. Now, the good news is, is you and Morton Anderson could really go after it academically. You know, he, he speaks like, what, eight languages or something like that?
1: He does.
3: Well, if you're in the same, you're in the same, uh, uh, league with those guys, then you got a pretty darn good shot. But what I like about looking at your numbers is the longevity with the accuracy and the game winners. That's a ton of game winners. I think you, what would you have 15 game winning kicks? Is that right?
1: Yeah. You know, Standard had eight and, uh, needless to say, he was the first great kicker. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, were not exactly a dominant team in the, in the eighties, but, um. You know, we picked up with Marty Schottenheimer and got five years of being part of a really dynamic team with him and Carl Peterson. And uh, it was great to end with uh, my time in Kansas City with Joe Montana and Marcus Allen, Derek Thomas, Neil Smith. And, you know, a truly excellent team that helped me, you know, understand what the difference is between the also-rans and the great team.
3: You know, Nick, I was going to ask you, the farther we get away from, you know, that era, I think the less respected, uh, and and it shouldn't be that way, is uh, players from that era. And you just mentioned a guy who, who, you know, I still believe is, you know, with Tom Brady, is the co-equal of the best quarterback of all time, and and Joe Montana. Tell me about Joe Montana and his time in Kansas City while you were there, and what were your thoughts on his career and just playing with him?
1: Well, it was absolutely like having a rock star, you know? It really was. Uh, never saw anything like it. Um, and Joe was so low-key, low, low key, and uh, he was not a guy that, you know, hit the weight room a lot. But when you watched him in the practice field, and this is something I like to share with kids, is I knew that he would be good, Roman, in, in the games, right? We knew that he was always down for the fourth quarter, the last drive to, you know, John Taylor or to Dwight Clark or whoever, Jerry Rice, obviously. But if you watched him in practice, he was so accurate. Every single pass in practice was dead on. And so, uh, as Marv Levy would say, my first coach who had the guts to cut you on and to keep me. And, and thankfully I was able to reward him with, with good performance. Um, I would say, practice does not make perfect. It's perfect practice that makes perfect perfection. If you are practicing with a lack of discipline, which seems to be happening with a lot of teams, including the Chiefs right now, frankly, with regard to their tackling, you're going to have problems tackling in a game. And Joe Montana taught me that, you know, being that precise in practice is how you get to that higher level of performance when it matters. It was like watching, you know, truly a symphony conductor. And I sat with him on the plane, the two oldest guys on the team back then, and I remember him saying, you know, when I come to the line of scrimmage, I know where I'm going to go before the ball snaps. He knows, as Brady does, so well the formation, the defenses, who's available, who's going to be open. And so that gave him that extra second to be excited. Extremely precise. Yes, he was a great athlete. Yes, he was a, a leader by example. He was not a big talker, but boy, he added an electricity to the, the city and to that team. And it, it, he showed it in our first playoff game. We're playing Pittsburgh in Arrowhead and we're driving down, down 24 to 17 in the fourth quarter. We were down 24 to 10 Had a block punt by Keith Cash. Now we're down 24 17, fourth down on the six, seven yard line. And Kevin Harlan uh, was announcing the game, who I've known for a long time. And, you know, they're saying, this is, this is it. And just like the Joe Montana we all talk about, he got back, rolled to his right, and found Tim Barnett in the middle of the end zone. And boom, we had ourselves with my extra point of tie game. And I was lucky enough to get a chance to kick the game-winning field goal from the right hash from 32 yards <laughs> and to beat them. That was my last field goal in, uh, in Arrowhead Stadium. So you know, that was Joe Montana. And by the way, a, a little side note, Tim Barnett, who caught that touchdown pass to tie the game, was uh, my locker mate and right next to me. And so after the game, and Tim was, shall we say, a colorful guy, I said, Tim, that's awesome. I mean, that was fourth down how did you handle it and he looked at me he looked up he looked down he looked up again he said that was fourth down (laughs) (laughs) Nick
3: Lowry with us Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker and he's up for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the 100th anniversary this year of the NFL and you know I know you follow the Kansas City Chiefs really closely and um a lot of uh, future potential with this team one step away last year, and they've got uh, a young electric quarterback who's a leader and who's a great kid who both of us have had a chance to be around Patrick Mahomes. What's your thoughts about where Patrick is now uh, in year three?
1: Well, you know, it's, um, this is the year where everybody's making him a God and, and, you know, Certainly, if he continues, he will be a Hall of Famer. They're already talking about him as the sort of Michael Jordan of the NFL, which I've never heard, by the way, any player described in those terms yeah. before. But we, And he's a fantastic person. I mean, I was sitting with his mom and dad uh, in the fourth quarter with Lee Steinberg, his agent, who was my agent, um, in the broadcast suite there at Arrowhead. And, um, you know, we'd watched that game. We saw the other side of it, which is you have to have an offensive line to protect him, so he's not always running. He was running a bit too much in that playoff game in the AFC Championship against Tom Brady, and and, you know they destroyed uh, the Patriots in New England, and Tariq Hill was just spectacular, and we saw our defense back in the playoff game that would have put us in the Super Bowl uh, just not have what it took, and we are hoping that it's going to be better now, but we have to support that incredibly talented quarterback with a team around him so we don't just take him for granted. That's the one thing I worry about. And I also think when you make somebody a god in their second or third year, really a second full year, um, you know, he can handle it, but at the same time it's kind of unfair. Uh, And so I just hope that we understand the team has to not depend on him to do everything. Having said that, he is the most supremely talented, physically talented. When he's healthy, we've got to keep that ankle better now I've ever seen. And on top of that, it's a perfect combination of of intentional leadership with calm humility. So everybody loves him for the right reasons, and uh, we are the luckiest team in the NFL for that reason.
3: Nick Lowry with us, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and Nick, you know, for a second, take yourself out of the the Hall of Fame induction opportunity and just kind of step away from it for a second. You know, one of the things that people talk about with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and really many of the other Hall of Fames that are out there for sports is, you know, what is the criteria? Um, you know, there's never really been a specific criteria. A lot of people think obviously it should be what you accomplished on the field, but you meet a lot of the NFL Pro Football Hall of Famers and you see the quality of people they are, the way they give back to the community uh, and and the way they deal with their families. And, you know, one of the things that's always impressed me about you, uh, especially as we've gotten to know each other, is what you do in the community and for family and and how you are so focused on helping the next generation. Um, How
1: Putting together a major initiative with the NFL with the President's Director on Suicide Prevention veterans, Dr. Barbara Van Dolan, and we're meeting with the NFL folks next week in New York, and we're hoping that we can include the um, messaging about supporting the troops to be uh, directed towards this egregious phenomena of what is officially 22, and we understand it's probably close to 27 suicides
3: day Wow Nick always great to see you you can come into my house anytime in fact Nick might hold the record for me on my show the most time he might hold well, the that record is, that might be scary
1: though that <laughs> might drive away your
3: fans when we come back more on sold out sports talk on American Family Radio
0: you're Listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with a three time Super Bowl champ with the Dallas Cowboys, Chad Henning. Visit soldouttv.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Now, once again, here's Roman
3: Gabriel III. My good friend Chad Henning, it's been a while. It has been a while. But well, you remember that—that's like as a Dallas Cowboy, right? As being a young football team, that first Super Bowl team coming off what was a, a disastrous start when Jimmy Johnson came in, and then turned into something great, right? Exactly, and it's you know just a testament to what hard
2: work and you know camaraderie as a team and and believing in yourself, all those intangibles that you know that made that team great.
3: Tell me about the Super Bowl and about the pressure that comes with it, because uh, you know obviously. Three Super Bowls in four years—that Cowboy team before free agency—I cons- would consider to be one of the most talented, maybe the one of the best football teams of all time. Um, how much has this game changed as you've seen it over the years? What's been the biggest thing to you that you've noticed? It's gotten bigger and better. You know, more
2: exposure. There's more money in the game. Certainly, you know, I think that players are, are more talented from a physical perspective. That you know, they take care of their bodies better just the different training protocols from weight training, you know, nutrition along the way that some of these guys to be as big as they are, to move as fast as they can, to be athletic as they can, you know, that's the biggest difference I've seen in the game. But, you know, the game itself, it's still blocking, tackling, you know, the basics, the X's and O's of football. So
3: how, what was your weight uh, your last year with the Cowboys?
2: I play. I always try to be around 290, you okay. know, 290s, give or take 5 So or today that wouldn't
3: be a bad deal because you were fast. I mean. Yep. I mean, I, I – you know
2: hopefully i would still be able yeah, to compete yeah. but uh
3: but 290 i mean there's some guys out there today that uh, obviously they're fast and quick but they're playing at 275 or linebacker 250 i mean look at look at luke Keegan that win over here i mean amazing what speed and quickness can do right that's it and as well, well as
2: football iq and, and putting yourself in the right position and you know
3: keeping that head on a swivel chad henning is with us a former dallas Cowboys super bowl champion and you know chad uh being a former military guy, obviously taking care of the wounded warriors is something that I'm interested in. You know, uh, so many of the former NFL players that this has become uh, a huge cause because they need it. Uh, we've been through a lot of wars in this country with a lot of guys that need help. Tell me about Humana and what you're doing here today. Well, I'm, I'm so proud of,
2: you know, my affiliation with Humana. And they've done a great job over the last several years of the Wounded Warrior Amputee flag football game, that they've they've had games throughout every NFL city. And, you know, they always do a game the day before the Super Bowl. This year it's at College of San Mateo uh, here in the Bay Area, you know, noon on Saturday. But it's an opportunity for for veterans that have given a lot in in the fact that there's guys out there playing with prosthetic limbs in, in wheelchairs. Um, against former NFL football players, and there's a lot of mutual respect from both parts. But it's an opportunity to to raise awareness, raise some money to help different uh, veteran initiatives and programs. And you know, and I'm very proud of what Humana has done, and the fact that they put their money where their mouth is. In in and not raised, only just contributed hiring, contributed
3: over three hundred fifty thousand dollars over the last three years to uh, the heroes. And uh, this is more impressive if hired over twenty six hundred military that's the veterans. Big thing. That's, that's, the, very that's very impressive. So. The job situation, how do they go about doing that for these guys? Well, it's still the
2: same opportunity because there's, I mean, the same process in hiring. They have a veterans initiative that you can go onto their website and, and, you know, put an application in. But the thing, the great thing that a lot of companies are recognizing is that the intangibles that these military guys have, whether they were enlisted or an officer. As, as you know, that they've had a lot of world experience from leading men in combat, from strategic planning to, you know, reacting tactically to, you know, logistics and the whole nine yards. That they bring that skill set, uh, as well as the whole functional, moral character, and leadership um, and ethics attributes that they have
3: to enhance any corporation. So I'm a huge proponent for let's hire veterans. Chad Henning with us, Dallas Cowboys, three-time Super Bowl champion, nine years with one of the best football teams uh, in the world. I mean, what a great football team it was! Uh, Flu missions, uh, A ten Warthogs, Air Force Academy, and I remember uh, your coach at Air Force was who? Fisher DeBerry. I know Fisher. Fisher was awesome, absolutely awesome. We played, we played them uh, when I was there twice, and I'll say this: uh, Air Force Academy. Always played tough. 60 minutes, you knew you were in for a long game and you knew that they were going to come out and play hard. They were a little undersized, but, man, they Always made undersized. up for it with hustle. With and, hustle uh, and playing at that altitude, exactly, too, was not easy. Is,
2: a, is a big difference, particularly for co- teams that are coming from sea level. Of course, we were Albuquerque, so we yeah. were 6,000-plus. 6,000-plus so. feet. But, you know, it's those attributes that I spoke of that, that veterans have that you know are indoctrinated in, in part of our military training at the academy, those things about persistence, resilience, self-discipline, self-reliance. Um playing well to the work ethic all those intangibles that we learn because in order for us to compete and to be a success we have to exemplify those attributes
3: you know our network is about faith family and sports a lot of people really excited because the network's all about the guys and the gals about coaches about players about student athletes about who they are on and off the field and what they represent and fans today are really looking for you know who these people are they want to know more about who the players are it isn't just about stats and about what they do on the field what I would like you to talk about is is you played the game that way Uh, you led in the community in the military on the football field you understood the responsibility of an NFL player tell me about faith family and football and how that's played out even now in your life
2: well that was one of the things based on my experience that I had and I see the, the lack thereof, or at least the perception of the lack thereof in the media about who these individuals are. You know, It prompted me. Last fall, I wrote a book called Forces of Character. And in that book, I interviewed 10 different people from all walks of life. Some of the individuals you know, Roger Staubach, Troy Aitman, Jason Garrett, Greg Popovich, coach for the Spurs. But people from a broad breadth of, of experience, from male, female, you know, black, white, different walks of life. But the one thing that held true with all of them was the aspect of character. They're all force of character. And, and for me, that was the reason I wanted to get that out. You know, what you're, you and your network are doing to promote those things that it's more, it's as important, if not more important, to amplify those traits about it's important to be a good teammate. It's important to be an individual of character, a good sport, um, sportsmanship, than it is wins and loss, particularly for young kids. Because it's those, you're, you're going to forget about the games that you play, right. but the intangible lessons you're going to carry through in life. As you and I both know, athletics, particularly football, is a phenomenal leadership laboratory, right? right? You learn a lot of life lessons in that. And you want that, um, I talk about character being kinetic, it's those little decisions that you make along the way that determine you know the path that you take in life your identity who you are and do you own up to that identity and, it, and it's a choice and and you know i applaud you on your initiative here because this is something that we ex- we need in our culture more than anything is to get back to those basics the about what the importance of athletics are is is to teach those intangible lessons not
3: just to win Win games. Chad Hing is a three-time Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys. And Chad, you, we were talking off the air about our kids and about grandkids and about, you know, what I find when I talk to guys that get it in this, that have played in this league, that understand the importance of that priority of faith, family, and, and whatever it is you have a passion for. Um, you were talking about just how uh, gratifying it is to, you know, it's not about you anymore; it's about your kids, your family, and that becomes almost the, the passion. Um, I've really enjoyed it at this time of my life because you know you've done what you've done but now you're getting an opportunity to mentor an opportunity to set up the next generation how has that gone for you with your own family
2: exactly and, and, and as a parent my mission is is to raise my children to be contributing citizens to be individuals of character to be individuals of faith that you know their faith is the lens in which they view all their experiences or their perceptions of, of the world around them and to and and, you know, when my kids, when they get it, when they have those moments where they call, my kids are both in college and they call, hey, you know, hey, dad, hey, mom, you know, I did this. Or I was able to witness to a young person or I was able to, you know, to, to give back and do a community service project. You know, that's where my wife and I kind of pat yeah. ourselves on the back and say, amen. You know, yeah. thank you, God, for giving us the opportunity and, you know, for the heart that our kids have for their fellow citizens and, and for him. So, I mean, it, it is something that... Um, very gratifying, and, and uh, you know, it's, it, it is the most important job that I've ever had. You know, fin- from flying jets or football, being a parent is number one.
3: Final moments with Chad Henning. And, Chad, you know, we work with young people in our program. Our 501c3 is called Sold Out, and it's a program for character and life skills, teaching junior high and high school kids how to prepare for success in life, and then an alcohol abstinence pledge, um, basically that with, that alcohol and success don't go together long term. Um, what would you tell young people, because I talk to a lot of young people today, and I ask a lot of guys this because I want kids to know, um, a lot of kids today don't have hope. A lot of kids say, well, the background I come from, I've been in trouble, I've made mistakes, I don't think I'm going to be able to become what I want, I, it just isn't there for me. Tell, tell, tell kids out there uh, why that's not true and what, what can be done to, to change that. You know, life is about choices.
2: And, and it's about the opportunity that every new day is a new opportunity. And it's a choice. You choose. Do you choose to be to, to practice abstinence? Do you choose you know, to pledge not to do drugs or alcohol? Do you choose to be an individual of character or an individual of faith? You know, one of this, if I can have the time to finish this with a story, just uh, one of the individuals I interviewed in my book was an Auschwitz survivor. This was a young girl who was 16 years old, traveled on the cattle car from her nation of Hungary to to Auschwitz in Poland, where her mother pulls her aside, her father is already separated from them, and she pulls her aside and says, you know, Edie, her name is Dr. Edith Eager, you know, Edie, we're not sure where we're going, we're not sure what's going to happen to us, but always remember, you have a choice. They can't take away from you what you think, you know, I'm pointed to her head. They get off the cattle car at Auschwitz, come face to face with Josef Mengele, you know, Dr. Mengele, right. the angel of death. He does the thumb to the mother to take this path. For the two, her and her sister to take another path. Her mother was sent to the gas chamber. She she was a classically trained ballerina. She had to perform for Mengele before his dinner. Wow. So she had a choice, you know, to, to, to forgive, a choice to continue to go on. This is a guy who murdered her whole family. And and I put it in that extreme case when you're talking to kids, talking to individuals, that if she has a choice, you know, what's your excuse? Wow. So it's it's one of those things that, that life is a choice. And and, it, and truly you gotta surround yourself with people that are that are of like mind or your friends, he who walks with wise men will be wise. Are your friends lifting you up or are they taking you down? Wow. So those you know little things like that make a difference. And that's again, characters kinetic, it's
3: decisions that you make along the way. Great words from Chad Henning right here on Sold Out Sports Talk on AFR Talk. And Chad, before we go, Humana helping these wounded warriors. What's the website that they need to check out if they need help with a job or they want to be just, involved? You can go to Humana.com down there. And just... Some Chad, uh, always a pleasure having you in, man. Congratulations. Thank Thanks for everything. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Sold
0: Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook, at Roman Gabriel 3 we'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk your source for faith
1: family and sports